Xbox Nation, welcome to today's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have an incredibly passionate fire show for you today. I am going to get on my high horse. We're going to be talking about some Killer Instinct. We're going to be talking about the potential of ODST2 potentially being worked on, and a whole bunch of other topics. And obviously, as we wait for the Xbox Nation to file in, we're going to get into, of course, the introductions. And as you can tell, I have some Division 2 running at 60 FPS in the background for your viewing pleasure. That is what we're going to be watching today while we, of course, talk about everything Xbox. First up, the cog that keeps this show running, along with Xbox One-on-One each and every week. Please welcome the brave and unbelievably talented Zemi Games. Well, thank you so much, Boom. Uh, yeah, man, super excited to be here. Um, yeah, I yeah, I missed last show's, uh, you know, the last Xbox Factor, unfortunately. I had some, you know, family stuff I had to do. Uh, but I am uh, back here today, and I cannot wait. Man, these topics that you lined up for us are fantastic. I, I really cannot wait, uh, especially uh the 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 ps5 sales uh, versus like the xbox topic oh man i'm really excited about that one yeah and we're gonna get into it it's, it's unbelievable how uh the xbox i mean again i think it's it's safe to say that both consoles are selling but it's 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 yeah. incredible on uh how at at some point you know the, the xbox seems to have maybe nudged closer and closer to those playstation sales and uh we'll, we'll get into that uh in a momentarily mm -hmm. next up you know him on loan from playstation nation who is now followed by yoshida himself please welcome mr bad bit what's up what's going on you know what it's crazy when you set goals for yourself this is what <laughs> happens when you do those types of things um, i want to shout out someone in the chat someone called the trophy room a playstation show they said boo luke boo oh wow poor <laughs> what luke, a, what a, what a poor, insightful poor comment luke. uh yeah no like so we broke 1000 followers on twitter at ps trophy room y'all didn't know and i was like we need a new goal now so i was like let's Let's just pie in the sky. Let's ask Shuhei Yoshida, right? The man that runs the Indies over at PlayStation. And in less than 30 minutes, you, Shuhei Yoshida <laughs> follows us on Twitter now. So, you know, I don't like to say that I know the inside or I have the inside scoop. Or I have the ear to the pulse of the PlayStation Nation um, and that I should be the representative here on out. But I think the evidence speaks for itself. Well, I mean, listen, we're glad to have you here, of course, on the Xbox portion of your uh, community uh, outreach, if you will. And we do have, we're going to be talking some Halo, one of your favorite topics. I know that there are some people that are going to potentially fact check me, but listen, folks, I'm going to read directly from Redmond on the job posting. And then, of course, we will make our decision on whether or not the latest information on uh, Microsoft not doing a side project makes any sense. I think it's a pure lie. I think that they this information got out there. And why wouldn't you want to continue, uh, you know, uh, the Halo universe outside of a mainstay in Halo? I, I just think that there's room for this universe to grow. And I think pigeonholing it into one game per one release is a bad mistake. But we're going to get into my opinions next up. One of the content creators I believe 
that has exploded on the scene. His channel is blowing up, and for good reason. His videos inspired me to learn new software, which, of course, is what I'm using to now record videos. And I have to welcome Archimedes. What's up, dude? How you doing? Good evening, Boom. Good evening, panel. Good evening, chat. I am doing great. You know, Thursday evening, the week is almost over. The weekend is so close. I've been working like crazy this week. I had like 12 to 14 hours day every day this week. And wow. finally, I get to talk gaming with my buddies. I get to talk to the chat. I'm just happy and the weekend is close. So I'm pumped for today's show. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, we have a lot of great and big topics to discuss, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. And I really, that's at the end of the day, that's what these talk shows are meant to do, is to have fun and engage with this outstanding community that shows up each and every week. And uh, let's continue. Uh, next up, you know him as someone that uses very big words, but he uses them in the correct, the, the perfect manner each and every time he gets into a rant. Please welcome VJ. What's going on, brother? How you feeling? Uh, morning, Boom panel and uh, community in the chat. Um, as always, Boom, it's a, a pleasure and a privilege, uh, privilege to be invited onto your show. I'll try not to rant too much today, but I can't make any promises. No, no, we, we love it when you rant, dude. You, you really bring some thought-provoking uh, conversation to the shows. And like I said, what, who, this is a conversational podcast, and that's what we do. So thanks so much for being here. Last, and in no way least, our nominated artist, someone that knows the business inside and out, and has taken the time out of his day to be here. Please welcome. The VGHD, also known as AKA 3-Bit. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. <laughs> How's everybody doing? It's going to be a, a good show. Um, a, a random thought. I had someone at a, um, a studio I'm working at. He said I should start sharing more <laughs> of my work. So um, that's what I've been posting lately on Twitter. Uh this is more my developmental stuff because I, I haven't had a lot of time recently, but it's good to talk about games with you guys this week. Um, but we got some good topics to go through today. It's good to see you again, Zemi. <laughs> Missed you last week. And uh, let's, let's, let's go. Yeah, well, thanks so much for being here, brother. And yes, absolutely. You got to give me some stuff so I can put on the into the show notes so people could check out your work. Definitely. But, you know, as again, as we wait for folks to file in on here. Hopefully we have a, a record turnout for today's show. I want to start with topic number one. And uh, it's regarding the uh, Xbox Series X and S being UK's best-selling console in January with the Switch coming in second. Uh, and that's very surprising. And what's interesting is uh, in that region of the world, uh, hardware sales are up 148%. And what's even more interesting is that the Switch was the winner in November. The PlayStation 5 was the winner in December. And in January was the Xbox Series X and S. And I got to tell you, whether that means anything to you or not is... Um, I guess debatable, but what that proves is that this generation, even though the switch is still considered part of last generation, I think we're going to see a very sporadic um, number of first, second, and third places going through the entire year. And I think that is because 
A, these consoles are, I mean, obviously, there's a pandemic, folks. If you didn't know, it's still going on. It's uh, Even though the vaccines are being administered and people are still stuck at home and people have found video games and people are spending more money on said video games. But according to the article, globally, the Xbox Series X and S shipments are currently trailing the PlayStation 5 by just a smidge over $1 million According to prominent in, in industry analyst Daniel Ahmad, now he's a senior analyst at market at the market research firm called Nico Partners, and they made the claim following the publication of Sony's quarterly fi- financials, uh, which were they posted last week. And our, now we know that the Sony has shipped 4.5 million consoles, and obviously remember that that that's that that's. As of December 31st, 2020. Now, responding to a question about the performance of the Xbox Series X and S relative to the PlayStation 5, the analyst tweeted, take a bit over 1 million of the PS5 number and you won't be far off. Uh, now, of course, Zemi, I'll go to you. What, what what ultimately does this mean for Xbox? Because obviously we have confirmed information that Microsoft waited to get the proper RDNA 2 specs into these new consoles. that w- Them taking the uh, wait-and-see approach put them mm-hmm. behind the PlayStation and Sony in active development mm-hmm. and production. Uh, when you see that there's only a 1 million <laughs> console split, what does that mean for the Xbox consoles proper? Well, you know, to be honest, like this, you know, this actually kind of shocked me because I thought that we would see, you know, Xbox in the lead for consoles sold if I was going to, you know, if I'm going to be honest, right? I, you know, I kind of just thought from, from, you know, the get go of these conversations, you know, uh, last, you know, uh, you know, summer of 2020, that Microsoft was going to have uh, the better, you know, have, have better capacity to create uh, consoles than Sony would, you know, in this, you know, COVID ridden, you know, economy and, 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 you know, everything like that. Um, but, but it turns out that Sony apparently was the one that was able to create, you know, more consoles. You know, this doesn't really tell a, a tremendous amount because, you know, each console is just completely selling out. So if Xbox did have more, you know, like let's say that, you know, both of them started with 20 million units, you know, then, you know, we would actually have a really good gauge on which one is selling, uh, you know, at a better rate. Um, but I don't think it's surprising to, to think that PlayStation is going to outsell Xbox and units sold. Um, historically, Sony has always done that. Every you know iteration of the PlayStation that that versed uh, the Xbox has always sold more historically. Um, you know, in in long term, right? Like there's some peaks where Xbox has the lead, but then by the end of the generation, Sony always comes in to win it. Um, and that was, you know, my prediction uh, well over a year ago is that, you know, I, I think that Sony is going to outsell Xbox on consoles sold. But that does not mean that Xbox is trash and that we should start complaining or, you know, burning down, you know, the green wall or anything like that. Because, you know, to to measure, you know, these companies successes off of consoles sold is just very, very inaccurate. Right. Um 
for PlayStation, their business model is to sell hardware to sell software, right? And, and that's what it's been historically. And so consoles sold is kind of, you know, a better indicator of how well, you know, that company is, you know, kind of performing and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but the more accurate and the better way of, you know, looking at this, I think, is by market share and by, you know, you know, profitability, right? Who's making the most money and who has the biggest market share? And we know that Xbox is doing things a little bit differently. Um, they, they, they aren't reliant on console sales purely that, you know, Phil Spencer, I believe has even came out and made the statement that he, you know, doesn't really, uh, he's not really focused on console sales. And there's a reason for that. It's because Xbox isn't reliant on those console sales to sell software. They don't care if you, you know, necessarily buy their, their console. What they care about is that you join into the Xbox ecosystem, whether that is buying a console, playing on PC, mobile devices, or any other future, you know, ways uh, of distribution that they come up with, you know, maybe smart TVs, whatever. That's what they care about, right? And through those means, they can sell you software and they can, of course, get you to subscribe to Xbox Game Pass, which is their ultimate goal here. It's not necessarily to sell consoles. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that this is the most accurate indication that, you know, Sony's going to lead the charge through console sales because there's just not enough consoles out in the market to really get that gauge yet. But I do believe that 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 PlayStation will sell more consoles than Xbox. And and you know, looking at history, that that's always been the case. But that doesn't really matter because it's not about who can sell the most software, it's about who can make the most profit, who can raise their market share up the most. And I think that Xbox has the, you know, the business model and the strategy to get that done whereas for Sony, it's a little bit harder as they are just reliant on those console sales to sell, you know, to make money to sell software and you know that does make a lot of sense and i and i and i kind of agree with you uh to to some extent again you know the playstation is a much uh known brand especially when you start going outside of the u.s outside of the uk um but i i think that this is and again i we don't know. We're not going to know. We may not even know for two years because obviously both consoles have already, uh, well, both um, uh, publishers have already said, both Microsoft and Sony, that uh, even through June, it's going to be hard to find one of these systems, which is pretty mm -hmm. insane. I mean, it's. I mean, obviously there are some serious restraints with COVID going on, and and, mm -hmm. and, and it's not going to get uh, you know fixed for quite some time. It's pretty interesting how, though, there's only a one million uh, console difference, and I'm, and again, remember we heard rumors um, that Microsoft even paid extra to get these consoles done, and I don't know if they're still doing that, but you know, obviously the the AMD chipsets are, you know, that they they're they're. they're I guess taking their time to be made, and until they're manufactured on a regular basis, I think all hardware is going to be hard to find. Joe, let, let's get your opinion on this from a, a PlayStation point of view. Hearing that PlayStation won in December and now in January to open up the new year, Microsoft, um, you know, wins, you know, the, the EU, which again notoriously has thanks to a head of Sony turned that around. It was almost a a a. a, a, a five to one sales ratio. And I think a box of bear could talk about that in a second about how many PlayStation sold as opposed to Xboxes in the EU. Is this good news for Microsoft? It's good news, but I don't think it's in the way that a lot of um, uh, people think it is. So, you know, 
I told y'all, everybody thought I was a liar. Everybody thought I had three heads. That um, <laughs> that the PlayStation, uh, Sony was paying to have them outproduce Xbox. Um, in the beginning, it was supposed to be two to one, but then production and AMD chip production uh, heavily, heavily got damaged by the Rona. It still it looks like is being damaged by by the production of or, or by by the epidemic. So, yeah, you know, seeing that PlayStation has produced more consoles that sold more consoles isn't surprising to me at the least. I like what Matt Piscatella said. Um, if you're going to make if if you've made more consoles, you're going to sell more consoles in the beginning of this race. And that's what you're seeing right here. PlayStation made more consoles, ergo they sold more consoles worldwide. When it comes to the UK, this is where it's cool and awesome news for Xbox. Now, this is not like a, an indicator. I think, boom, what you said is going to be, you know, is kind of on the head and kind of mixed with the production. It's where you're allocating consoles are going to determine where you're outselling those consoles. So if Sony is, you know, targeting North America more than they are Britain, there's going to be more consoles there. They want if that territory is more holds more of a priority, then North America is going to get more consoles than the UK isn't, right? So the fact that Microsoft outsold Sony in the UK in one month isn't an indicator yet um, of them outselling PlayStation in the long run. I think you have to take a look at what is the next six to eight to really a year trend that we see will really likely determine where this console generation is going to peter out on. So in one hand, the real main reason why this is great news for Xbox isn't because the grandiose vision is to outsell Sony. It's to see that they have repaired their image with gamers yeah worldwide that's, an, Remember, that's an when the point. xbox one came out nobody wanted that piece of shit console because it was a piece of shit console so like nobody wanted to buy with a connect it was it was too much money you already saw it you know drop a hundred bucks in the uk and around the world by the time january february came around so like yeah, nobody wanted it. It didn't sell, and they had to fire sale it. And I remember, I remember talks that year of like Xbox being sold to Toshiba. So now to see they have a freaking kick-ass console, it is literally the thing that is the opposite of the Xbox One, and it is selling incredibly well. Is an awesome sign that there is not just you know life in the brand, but there is faith in the brand. Yeah, so that's, that's really the point. more important thing. But yeah. there is a warning sign. So Matt uh, Matt Piscatella put out a tweet uh, as he's going to show more numbers on Friday um, about the console industry. Now, you could call this a COVID factor for sure, but signs have been pointing this way in a very long time, for, for a very long time, which is these consoles, though they're selling really well, they're just kind of on par with how the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox have sold. So there's not a lot of growth in the console industry, in the console market. Um, it's it's showing that we're starting to plateau. The growth was slowing in the beginning and in the middle and towards the end of the PlayStation or, or the last generation. And now it seems like, yeah, that growth, it seems like the, the market cap for consoles is around $200 million. So if you're Xbox, you're, you feel confident where 
the industry is going because you have Game Pass, because you have xCloud. If you're Sony, you're seeing these warning signs, and now you're building that infrastructure to make that platform. Because honestly, these the signs are like, is is the next thing, is the next console really an Apple TV? You know, is it is it a Google Fire Stick or whatever it's called? Like that's. Well, I think that's, at the, at the ultimately that's it's going to. Yeah, ultimately that if, if if it does turn into that, I think that honestly, you make a lot of sense, and I and I I love Matt. Matt Matt is legit. That guy knows what he's yeah. talking about. He does never shoot from the hip. I think that it's safe to assume and even suggest, uh, um, you know, with ul- ultimate confidence. That mm-hmm. it is COVID relate uh, uh, based for sure because if you if they had each one of these uh, each both Xbox and Sony or PlayStation had five million consoles and they put them out tomorrow those five million consoles are going to sell they're not going yeah. to sit anywhere so it's it's it is hard to say uh, is everything plateauing uh, are they on pace I, they're on pace right now because you can't find a console and unfortunately and that's what I'm hoping too. Yeah, I, I, I really do hope I like uh, I, I and I think it's that too. I think it leans towards that because I love my consoles. So like I really do think like you know if if PlayStation wanted to get the production they could, if Xbox could, I think yeah these numbers would be a bit more impressive than they are. And just to see that there's demand for them still gives me a lot of faith. But that's the interesting thing that I'm thinking about is like I'm 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 thinking about what's happening in the next year or two. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, that's it's, gonna be it's, the indicator. Certainly gonna be interesting. And I will say this, and again, I'm not yeah. we, we don't do console war stuff here, but I do I do want to say to your point Ooh, Sega Genesis sucks. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo does what Genesis don't, or vice versa. Um yeah. uh, what, what I do want to say is that right now, if the move to uh, uh, you know, a streaming type box is in the future, and I don't think that it is anytime soon. I think when you look at what Microsoft is doing and has done, they have positioned themselves for the future, whereas Sony, on the other hand, seems to be, uh, you know, a little behind. Um, You know, obviously, we don't know what uh, what uh, head of Sony talked about was there was some big changes coming to the online service. Again, you and I both agree that we think it's going to be PlayStation Plus merging mm-hmm. with PS Now, which People would make sense. People are heated about my Genesis comment. First of all, Genesis freaking rocks. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know what? It's yeah, funny. Yeah, one, of my, one of my videos I just yeah. produced, uh, I talked about that and said, see, that never meant anything to me because I owned everything. I mm-hmm. made it my business to find a way by delivering penny savers or whatever to make sure that I did, in fact, have all the consoles. So that never mattered to me. But, you know, let, let's get Boxer Bear's opinion on this. Boxer yeah. Bear, you're in the U.K., obviously. Well, you're in, well, you're, you're in the no, no, I'm not you're in, in, in Germany, Germany. Right. So um, <laughs> you, 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 you hear these numbers come out, and you hear that the Mi- Microsoft is trailing, which not a big surprise, but only by a million. And considering that Sony had a bit of a jump on them in production, a lot of people, a lot of industry people are surprised that it's only a million. They thought it was going to be more, but apparently Microsoft is, when they put these consoles up, very similar to what's going on with Sony, they are selling. So that means that they, like Joe said, have repaired a lot of the damage that was done by some of the early executives uh, during the launch of the Xbox One. What, what do you take on the numbers? 
Yeah, I mean, um, a lot already has been said, uh, which is, is is true. I mean, uh, the, the sales numbers are right now basically uh, limited by the availability. So um, obviously in uh, January, um, uh, Xbox was just simply more available than PlayStation. PlayStation was the best-selling console in November, and in December it was the Switch. And oh, now so in, it was the opposite. Okay, for some reason I got oh. it wrong. Yeah, uh, and then and then we have uh, now uh, Xbox as the best-selling console. I think in general the the, the message here is are, are two things. Um, the first, gaming is healthy um, at the moment. All. Uh, the players are doing well. The Switch is selling like hotcakes. The PlayStation is obviously doing very well. And Xbox is catching up. And that is what we want. Yeah, we want that healthy competition. We don't want want a 2-to-1, 3-to-1 ratio in between PlayStation and Xbox. I want them to be on par, 50-50 in sales um, or, or active users, which is, by the way, probably the better um, the better metric to to judge the success of of the platform. Um, we we want that, and and the it looks like this generation is going to be significantly different than the last one. Yeah, Xbox is playing catch up; they are doing well, and that is what what matters. Um, in the end, the the thing is, um, I, I like what what Joe said about that. Um, it, the sales numbers now are limited due to availability. It's mainly, be, and we have those issues up until June, July. They talked about that. It's it's not just a problem from the gaming industry right now. Semiconductors are worldwide uh, across all industries, very rare, rare. The automotive industry, for instance, has really big issues at the moment, getting chips for, for their cars ready. A lot of plants are standing still. It, it it's, it's You see that across uh, a lot of industries right now that semiconductors in general are just not available. So um, seeing them still sell uh, uh, everything uh, available is good. It is, is, is good for the industry. And the other thing Joe said um, is what I like is, is the thing about the growth of, of gaming. Um, he said, well, we are plate- plateauing was, uh, I think was the word he used yeah. uh, at around 200 million. And that is what we have been uh, talking about for a long time now that the, the console gaming space uh, is, is not as fast growing as other markets. Mobile gaming, for instance, is, is significantly better growing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And the value of a business is, is usually not just judged by your current success. It is judged by the potential of growth. That's, for instance, um, again, I have to use a, a reference from the automotive industry. That's, for instance, why Tesla is so 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 valuable. It's not because they sell a, a couple of cars, because they actually don't. There are tons of manufacturers out there that sell more cars, way more cars. But there is a potential for growth for them. And that's why these businesses are so valuable. And that is the reason why Microsoft invested so much in xCloud, because that allows them to grow beyond the console gaming space and, and PC space for that matter. Yeah, they, they can now bring their, their uh, value, their service to basically every device with a screen. And that allows them to grow more. And that's why, why this is so interesting to see um, with all those sales numbers because different companies are now touching it by different met- metrics. Yeah, um, 
in the end, I'm happy that gaming in general is doing well. Um, I've, as long as I can remember, the console business was considered to be dead. I've, with basically every start of a generation, I have heard this is going to be the last generation. Console can, uh, gaming is dead. This is time, it's, it's the first time I'm not hearing that after a launch. And I'm really happy to, uh, that that is the case because every console is selling like crazy. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, we're going to see this continue. I, I think what you, what you are, are, what we are probably witnessing now is that a lot of folks who were not gamers who kind of who stepped away from it whether that when whether that means that they played as a kid and as they got older they kind of you know drifted off are back and i think that 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 means more customers that means more sales and i think that you're going to see a much different generation uh, this year, th th this particular uh, time around, than you have seen in the past. Uh, VJ, let, let's get your opinion on this uh, from uh, from from you know your your experience yeah. with uh, you know in the field of uh, of you know both development and of course sales. Does this does this small victory, if you will? mean anything for microsoft proper i mean do, does this mean that people are because because here's the thing this is where it's, i want to bring this in this you know this different point to the conversation for at least for you joe said well there were more xbox xboxes available than there were playstations so does that mean that if, if next month there's more PlayStations, then people are going to buy those? Because it seems as if they bought Xboxes because <clears throat> they wanted to play on Xbox, not just so much that they were available. Um, I mean, any kind of prediction or analyst analytical view at the moment, and we can all have our say, is all pretty much um, unsubstantiated at the moment until we have hard facts. I'm I'm familiar with MediaMar. I'm I'm familiar uh, familiar with GFK and ChartTrack, where these numbers have been lifted from, and they're not always accurate. Uh, and I can tell you because I've subscribed to them in the past. So, and it also depends on what retailers are actually participating um, <clears throat> in those numbers, which I can tell you aren't all of them. So, <clears throat> but I want to look at this a little bit differently. Um, <clears throat> this generation uh, for me kicked off <clears throat> very differently from um, from previous generations. You've got two technology and software orientated uh, and driven manufacturers sort of utilizing the latest engineered science, if you will, to sort of design and create and deliver gaming devices that are very capable, accomplished, and dare, <laughs> dare I say, competent competently produced. And I'm sure my Xbox won't work now when I go back downstairs. But, uh, um, some may go further and say these systems are so reasonably priced that they're a bargain. We've talked about that on the show. Yes, they are uh, to a degree. There are still many, many people out there that can't afford it. I think I think Zemi raised a pertinent point that's kind of still ringing in my mind is that the question should be, are hardware sales important for Xbox uh, this particular generation? I think <clears throat> Phil will say, if you ask him, yeah, hard hardware sales are important. For, for the best experience, but not something that the Xbox division this time around will have to rely on in terms of the longer term to sort of achieve a, a, sexual gener a successful generation. Uh, given the other avenues Xbox are sort of pursuing, as in, you know, Zemi mentioned Game Pass, right, uh, to be 
to you know in in the effect that they want it to be uh you know into the be all and end all kind of like um paradigm shift right that they're sort of working towards and equating to we know um i think as i think mr badbit said right we know sony's business model as of today right it's a proven business model but it focuses on install base which is then coupled with like i think high margin first party uh, software sales for which they're going through the roof at the moment but you also have to look at the income that they're making from dlc and microtransactions and peripheral sales so then the question changes again um kind of evolves again uh, sort of um you know more of um in the terms of uh is it is xbox's approach progressive or avant-garde or and will it become you know more successful for me uh the answer and we've discussed this on the show before as well is from phil's point of view he's in the midst right now of sort of fully writing editing illustrating demonstrating executing the business model and vision in terms of the end game and i think again miss uh, archimedes alluded to that as well right in terms of what's the longer term here you know how's that story going to and not just the story, but Phil's legacy, right, in, in effect, right, going to pan out. What what Phil's done for Xbox this time around is to provide it with, I think, a few key differentiators, differentiators which we've discussed endlessly and exhaustively, you know, on this show. And, and, and that is his play to make up the shortfall in sort of must-play software, uh, improve navigation and access to said software, by some of the initiatives that we've talked about, Mr. Badbits sort of talked about, you know, um, uh, Samsung TVs, Apple TVs. We've talked about, um, you know, something familiar to the Fire Stick, you know, uh, and, and so on and so forth, right? And therefore, that helps to make uh, um, um, make up shortfalls in uh, another point that Zemi raised in terms of revenues and profits that may well. Um, in terms of hardware, says they may they may well lose out to Sony. If you were a betting man, you wouldn't bet against it, right? And I know you're saying, well, how, what's the parity going to be? I, I I just don't think it's as important to fill this time around. It shouldn't be to us. So what I'm saying is that hardware sales are consequential to Sony at this moment in time, but they are not consequential for Xbox and Phil's vision. And if you understand Phil's vision and plan, I think that that's been made pretty clear by them. I know yeah. people love to throw. Um, numbers around to justify a position or a moral standing. For me, I don't know how to say it without saying it bluntly. It's it's kind of immature, idiotic, and imbecilic, if you ask me. Not that anyone does, but anyway. But, um, but but now you're going to ask, well, well, what is important then if it's not the numbers? Well, I'd say, well, I'd like to give you a gentle reminder that, and I think Boxenberg Archimedes just alluded to this, alluded to this, and it reminded me of something that he said: that re revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and the Xbox division's cash flow is ultimately the reality. So, anyway, you know, sort of back to the differentiators of what I was talking about. I can only point to the sort of embryonic, but yet, yet it's rapidly growing and gathering pace uh, in the form of Game Pass, which represents and. Um, uh, you know the pinnacle of what Microsoft are trying to achieve, and I mean, I'd love to have stats on what's happening with the All Access programs. That's gone pretty quiet at the moment. But regardless of all the statistics, as they stand today, Xbox seems to have the desire, capacity, and wherewithal to acquire content and ensure that they are not trounced, embarrassed, and schooled once again, as they have been quite systematically and creatively over the last seven years. And and that's what we're all looking towards. 
what is Microsoft's plan this time around? And we're seeing it unfold, but it's so early at this present moment, it's really difficult to, to predict. You're asking a question that most analysts will answer or predict by looking at what's gone before. And, and, and again, Mr. Badbit you know, alluded to the niche segment that the console gaming industry is, whether it was PS3, Xbox, uh, 360, whether it's PS4 and Xbox One, th there is a cap uh, of around 100, 165 million units, right? That seems to be the marketplace. And if you throw in Nintendo and a few other bits and pieces, I, I can understand how you get to two, 200 million. So, so, so they will look at what's gone before and, and kind of work out and predict what's what's going to go, uh, ha so happen going forward, but only on a on a very sort of modest basis, right? You don't see analysts in terms of really putting themselves out there, and how often are they are they typically correct, right? Because they have no real idea in terms of the software that's going to back the install base that's coming. So the biggest question is not even about how many studios or teams Xbox has, and 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 because we know historically that what shines brightest and becomes the go-to beacon of light in the long term, it's it's quality and not quantity. Yeah. But, but again, am I contradicting myself by saying is that even true anymore? I'm not. I'm not entirely certain. I, I said. Well, I mean, really, quality when it comes down to is 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 yeah. uh, you know obtained by the eye of beholder. So, I mean, what game yeah. you might find to be uh, rubbish, for instance, someone yeah. may be like, "Well, I really enjoyed that game, and that's why I bought mm -hmm. Xbox." Absolutely, but uh, what I would say is that I said this last year: the light user segment or demographic of gaming is changing. It's, it's changing whether you notice it or not. It's going through a phase of modernization, if not remodification. I think what will determine success for Xbox for me is not numbers, since there's no moral achievement in, in, in numbers or being rich. Having said that, profit, profitability, as Archimedes said, and cash flow is important to remain alive and kicking, reliable and relevant within the Microsoft Corporation. And that's what Phil needs to do, as well as create alongside that with his vision. The next few years for me is to discover if Xbox can overcome its uh, it's only got one problem age old problem of allowing its teams to overcome its creative issues Halo is a I think is maybe a blessing in disguise a timely sort of wake up call and I think when all is said and done maybe pivotal as to how Phil sees and modifies his approach and looks to whether or not he needs to change the old guard, allowing developers to use you know, the power of consciousness over enthused programming in order to create. Sorry, I couldn't find a better way to express or explain myself. So perhaps um, for me, all I want to see is Xbox mature as a gaming company. And going back to what Archimedes said, is parity on with Sony in competing with them, because at the end of the day, who wins? We do. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, good competition breeds uh, better games, and 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 we can see the uh, the, the the fruits of that particular labor. Uh, Microsoft now has twenty three studios yeah. that they're, that are making games because they got trounced. There's 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 no other way to put it. They went into the uh, the Xbox One generation uh, tremendously unprepared. Yeah, and I think that Phil mm, did something really good last year, which people mocked. Uh, Phil putting aside, again, this childish game of numbers, show me that he and the team and the Xbox have matured a little. And I would hope it means that they are looking to become the pioneers of playing gracefully with ideas and being, you know, allowing uh, the team to produce games that stand the test of time. Because for me, you can't place the burden of truth all on Halo Infinite, not creatively and most definitely not from a sound business point of view.
Yeah, no, I mean it, it makes perfect sense, dude. I mean, again, you killed it as as always. But you know what? Let me let me catch up on some of these outstanding super chats, and we'll get three bits opinion, and we'll move on to topic number two. Uh, Pixelbit G, generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding five dollar super chat and a knowledge bomb. On top of that, he says Azure is now the number one cloud provider over AWS and has been in earnings for the last twelve months. They made more money than AWS, which, of course, is Amazon's service, and Google combined. Wow, dude, that is freaking pretty crazy. And when you think about the contract, the military con- contract that they just signed, it's th- th- that's why they're having these record gains. And I think that you're going to you're going to see a lot of that profitability transfer over to mm-hmm. Xbox in big ways. But we'll get to that later on. John Mitchell, a very good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $10 super chat and says, it seems for the first time, everyone's buying both. Also, the kids are playing more on their phones. Fantastic panel boom. Keep up the good work. And you know, John, that's a great point. Um, I think again, this is, this is, this is why when Phil was talking about the cloud and people made fun of him about how important the cloud was going to be, this is why they are in the position that they're in because cloud gaming on your phone in cloud gaming through your tablet and, of course, on your PC is going to bring a heck of a lot more gamers to the Xbox platform. And, of course, when you have when you factor in Xbox Game Pass into the conversation, the $15 a month for the amount of what you are getting, it's just it's there's nothing like it. And I don't know if there's any if there ever is going to be uh, next up. Shane Tomlin drops a very generous five dollars and says, would just like to say. The Xbox was never a POS. Uh, if comparing, if comparing that makes the PlayStation Five the same, the console war rubbish. Uh, okay, maybe I chose wrong language, but nobody was buying it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody was was meant to be disrespectful. I got three I, hours of sleep, y'all. You're getting the most Jersey jingle you ever seen in your life. Well, I mean, okay? listen, dude, from again, Jersey, we, we, we cut to the meat of the bone all right we don't we don't mince words around here you know well, that's I, I'm the not, beautiful thing you about choice no, no, you're, you're all good over here brother shane thanks so yeah. much for of course the uh the the support for the channel brother we love having you here uh three bit let's get your opinion on this you know again what i love about you on this panel is that you have a very very unique perspective for many things because you get a chance to see things from behind the scenes that most of us will never see and that's pretty dope when you see the numbers being only a million in difference between the PlayStation 5 currently, and it and it could be more. Remember, these are these numbers ended December 31st. I mean, for all we know, Sony could have put out two more million consoles. I don't know. We don't have those numbers, and we won't know until the end of this quarter. I mean, for, for Xbox, who was trailing two to one last generation on almost everything, I think that there's something to take away positive about it. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? So uh, all you guys brought up like amazing points <laughs> and and um, you all had sort of different perspectives on, on like the industry. So I guess I'll be talking about the potential growth of the short term because it's a bit harder to see the long term. Um, it, it's definitely interesting to see what's going to happen in the future, considering right now the Switch is battling it out with the PS5 and then the Series X is now on top this month and it's sort of going back and forth. It definitely helps uh, these companies that a lot of people are stuck inside right now. Um, 
and it seems just on the availability of stock, the Series X consoles are selling about on the same level as the PlayStation 5, just based on what stock both companies' manufacturers have. I would rack it up to a, co- a couple of things, being that both these consoles are relying on the AMD chipsets to power their console's hardware. Um, but another huge factor right now, at least um, to why they're not available, is the scalpers. We, we know about yeah, that. Yeah, um, right. And in and, and which in the UK, I'm pretty sure they're they're figuring out how to deal with people uh, running, a, uh, ruining a business, hogging consoles for profit. I see a couple of articles on that uh, where they're trying to figure out how to um, deal with with scalpers and, and what they can do legally with that. So I, I do think that this is a great question to to many people on how much better is the PlayStation 5 going to sell comparatively to the Series X. There definitely is a difference in philosophies between the companies, as uh, Zemi and Badbit was saying. Sony is pretty reliant on hardware sales, while uh, Microsoft is more reliant on what, what they sell within their software, being Game Pass. And I don't think we'll see an honest answer for a while on which console is going to best the other in sales because of the pandemic and a lot of other factors. I think the pandemic has definitely slowed down production on top of the chipsets not being ready. Um, But it's good news for both Microsoft and Sony that the demand for these consoles are so astronomically high. Now now the, the companies just have to see supply meet demand. And it, it doesn't seem that stupid now that Xbox wanted to support the previous generation for a couple of years, right? Because people can't even get these things right now. Right. And and, and hopefully in um, five or so months, more people can get them. Um, it's it's really reliant on AMD. It's reliant on, on how fast it can get these things out to the console manufacturers. So it's not just Microsoft trying to shell these things out or Sony. Both of these companies are reliant on AMD. And um, and yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see <laughs> what what happens. Um, I, but I don't I don't think the PS5 is going to do astronomically better than Series X for a while. There's still a lot of features missing on the PlayStation Five. Another factor is like people are going to be waiting for. Where's my expanded storage? Expanded storage. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like I know. Shoot, Twitter friends now. Where's my expanded storage, pal? Yeah, I know that, that's a that's a horse of another color. I don't know when that's going to happen. Hopefully, I'm I'm setting me off three bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely having some issues about that. But yeah, listen again. As always, three bit. You, you bring a a great uh, point to the conversation. And again, I, I like the angle you took because again, we did have a lot of uh, everyone had some amazing points. I I do want to move on to the next topic. Now, this is a top. This is this is where Boom gets a little uh, emotional here okay and uh get ready because um the next story is regarding one of my favorite franchises that seem to have been left in the dirt to die and i'm talking about of course killer instinct now killer instinct launched obviously uh in 2013 uh it was originally made by a uh, double helix which was bought up by amazon and has uh, sub- uh pretty much closed the studio so there that's no longer even a part of gaming which is terrible uh, and they made an incredible game they they took an uh, a very very uh old franchise and brought it back in a very big way and of course the reins were then given over to of course um I mean, Iron Galaxy, which is uh, still a studio that exists, 
and uh, and 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 what's interesting is uh, while that game was being made and continued uh, to have get support, uh, it was uh, they had some supervision from Rare and more more specifically Ken Lob. Now here's the the, the story that I'm going to bring up today is this. Apparently, according to a rumor, Microsoft wants to make a new Killer Instinct, but no developers are available to make it. Hmm. So, of course, in my notes, I have WTF, and I am perplexed by this. Now, obviously, this is this is this is a, a, a particular franchise for me, much like Banjo Kazooie, that I feel is missing from the portfolio of Microsoft. And I and I feel that when you keep using the terms Game Pass and you want to appeal to the masses, not a particular genre, not shooter bro dudes or RPG heads. You wanna you want something for everyone. You want someone to look at your service and say, oh wait a second, well there's Halo, there's Gears, oh they got a, the best racer in Forza. Oh, they have an RTS here, or they have a few uh, little, uh, you know, you know, small again, perfect dark. They have a uh, fables coming out. This is great, but the two particular games that they seem to that that, that, that they do not have, and they seem to not want to address publicly, and it's it, and again, folks, it's perplexing to me. Are two two of them the fighting genre, which still exists, by the way, because if uh, if Evo still exists then obviously there's a market for fighters. Now, it may be considered niche by some, and I would agree with that, but there's still a Street Fighter VI coming. There's still another Soul Calibur being developed. DOA, for crying out loud, is being made, and even the new Guilty Gear. I mean, listen, folks, fighters exist. The other one, which we're not going to get into because this is not the topic for it, is platformers. Platformers can work. A perfect example of that is two of them launched on the PlayStation 5. Now, Sackboy may not be your, your first go-to. I happen to like the character, and I like the platforming. But Astrobot was a great platformer. So now I want to move on to, the, uh, to why we're talking about this. Hold on, uh, hold on. As the sirens come to put out the fire... They're af- they're after me. Someone someone called the fanboy police on me. Joe, Joe what did you the, do? Joe, I said the VCR do? Xbox was ugly and no one wanted it. I, 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 so they called I, the fanboy Joe, police are coming at my door. I did something that I normally won't do for people. I tinned them. They're gone. They're not coming to you. They have uh, accepted my apology for you. So you're oh, okay. You, you're still right. a part of the program. So don't worry. This NYPD <laughs> guy was able to get you out of trouble. Listen. The reason why I bring this up is because good friend of the show and good friend of the community, Randall Thor, was talking about this very subject in his particular conversation with Windows Central's Jez Corden, another friend of the program, got put into print form, folks. That's right. They reported on what was said during this conversation on the Xbox Two podcast, which I missed. And I saw this and I said, well, now I got to listen to the program because I missed this whole conversation. Here's what Randall saw ha- Randall Thor 19 had to say during the latest episode of the Xbox 2 podcast. I know Microsoft wants to do Killer Instinct. It's not like they didn't want there to be a sequel. It's just they have nobody to make it. At least that is what I have been told. Now, Jez Corden follows it up and says he also went into acknowledge 
that he's heard the similar information from his sources separate to Randolph 419. And he says this, I was told there's just not a developer available to make the game. Now, Killer Instinct obviously was rebooted in 2013, like we discussed on the opening. And obviously, as of this show, it remains to be seen on whether Microsoft will eventually be able to get another developer on board to bring back KI. Uh, And uh, look, look, here's the thing, folks. This is where I get a little pissy. Okay, Um, when you say Microsoft, you think money. And when you have boatloads of money like Microsoft has, when you have an ideology behind a Game Pass system that's being considered by many to be uh, equivalent uh, in, in scope to Netflix, not being able to find a developer proper To make a Killer Instinct game seems ridiculous on every level freaking possible. Um, And and here's the thing. Um, You know, there's a little developer uh, known as uh, Ed Boon. I'm not sure if you heard of the guy. Uh, He's relatively new to the community. He's only been effing making Mortal Kombat for 100 years. Uh, He, a couple of years ago, if you folks remember, went out of his way to say publicly and tweet that he would stop making a killer instinct, I mean, a a Mortal Kombat, to develop a new killer instinct. Now, I don't know, obviously, what's going on. He's currently involved in the film that's launching in a couple of months. He's obviously still doing work on on the current Mortal Kombat and probably hard at work on a new Mortal Kombat, which would be Mortal Kombat 12. But at some point... Shouldn't, and this is what I, I can't say this has or hasn't happened, folks. I don't, you know, I don't have Phil on speed dial just yet, maybe in a couple of years. But I'm wondering whether or not you reach out to that his studio and say, look, here's the thing. We we we, we want to bring a Mortal Kombat, we, we want to bring a Mortal Kombat potentially versus Killer Killer Instinct. Would you be interested? Or more importantly, would you be interested in just doing a straight up Killer Instinct? Why not co-publish slash develop this game using one of your most incredibly revised IPs? I mean, if you look at where Killer Instinct was to where it became in 2013, folks, we're talking absolutely astounding work by these two studios. And obviously, if you can't do that, if you can't work with Ed Boone, why not start a studio from freaking scratch, whether it be 20 to 60 or 70 people to be your Killer Instinct studio. Like, I don't get it. You have a Halo studio. You got a a Forza studio. You got a Gears studio. You don't think that Killer Instinct deserves to be around in 2021? Listen, I've ranted enough. Uh, Zemi, talk me off the edge here. What is happening and why hasn't Microsoft done more to get this done? Yeah, I mean, so first off, like and like you like you said, you know, Xbox is supporting a a fantastically 
high amount of genres for you know for their first party right you know they 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 have rpg galore they have first person shooters third person shooters um those those you know third person uh narrative uh, adventure game you know mature kind of experiences they have racing games flight games all over the place right but they are missing and, and, and i will even go as far to say is i think that they're doing pretty good on on platform on platformers as well not as well as rpgs but but they 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 do have a significant you know decent level of content for that as well um but the fighting genre is really really bare bones uh especially for you know xbox first party um and and for that reason, I agree with you. I think that they definitely need a fighter. Um, I think Killer Instinct is is you know perfectly placed there to be their fighter. Um, and you know, I I get you know like you know you're a huge fan of this franchise, and you're just like so upset. You've been like like it almost seems like every single show that you know you bring up Killer Instinct and you talk about how bad you want this game to happen. And I get that. Um, the only thing I will say is that, you know, I, I do think it will happen the same way that Fable eventually happened. It just took a lot of time. But but I think, you know, really what, what Xbox is trying to do is, you know, yes, they could find someone. They have the money to create a new studio. They have the money to, you know, to hire people and all this different stuff. But I think that they really want to do it the right way. Right. And Microsoft isn't a company that typically wants to make bad investments. And and so I think it's just, you know, waiting and, and looking and seeing all of their options and, and, and getting the funding for it as well um, from Microsoft for Xbox. Um, so I, I do think that we're going to see it happen. I just think it's a it's a waiting game at this point. Um, you know, you you mentioned Ed Boon. You know, that's a tremendous um, you know example of something that you could do, right? Um, now he'd made that statement several years ago. Does he still feel the same way, or you know, is he currently you know under contract, or you know have other obligations that would stop him from from jumping aboard uh, right now? And maybe that you know could potentially be you know a holdup. Um, yes. There, you know, there, there's just a tremendous amount of, you know, directions that you could take this topic. Um, for instance, you know, contracting out a second party, you know, a uh, game studio, right? Or, you know, a game studio to make this, you know, second party, right? Um, there, there's just a lot of different ways of looking at this. But I think what Xbox and Microsoft overall are, are looking at is they want to... I think you said it great as well, you know, fighting, you know, the fighting genre is more niche than, you know, other genres. And so I think that they're definitely putting a focus on your first person shooters, on your RPGs, on these big genres that are really going to lure a lot of people there, you know, to, to, you know, to Game Pass. And then as years go on, they're then going to focus on the more niche uh, aspects of gaming, the more niche genres to get people in. Um, you know, I mean, there, there, there definitely is a limit to the number of things that you can work on at one time. And I think that that contributes to the killer instinct, you know, topic. But I think it, it also contributes in the sense of they definitely want to make the right choice, right? They do have a lot of money. They do have a lot of options. But it's about finding that right option and making that good investment that... Where'd Boom go? Did Boom leave? Boom left us. Boom left. He's going to go talk to Ed Boone. 
He, he might. He might. He might be <laughs> drafting up the, the proposal right yeah. now. He told but, me to stay Jersey strong. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but but I really do think it is about that. You, once again, Microsoft isn't in the business of making bad investments. They want to do something that's going to work. And I, I think you know, you know, looking at everything objectively, looking at all of their options because they have a tremendous number of options from creating a new studio, from you know, uh, hiring a studio, uh, you know, to make this game like more of like a second party kind of thing uh to to you know getting ed boone or or having one of their pre-existing studios working on this right they have so many different options but they definitely want to pick the right one and and i think that that you know it, it, it is is really what we're looking at for this i think we will see a killer instinct game i think it's just a matter of waiting and 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 letting them figure out the resources and what is the best investment for them to do for this game i mean again you you make a tremendous amount of of sense and you're probably right you're probably you're probably on onto something with yes there will eventually be one it's just frustrating when mm -hmm. you see that fighting games are still relevant. I mean, Evo is still a thing. I don't think people really get that, that Evo yeah. is such a thing, and it still is. And it's it's pretty terrible to think that an IP like Killer Instinct is can be a part of it. And, and, and I'm not talking about 2013 Killer Instinct. They could have new a new game to go right along with what they want to do and, 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 you know, having a game like that go to Evo brings people to what Xbox game pass, which mm -hmm. is what they're looking to do. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on this? A a am I, am I, am I insane to want a new killer instinct or does this fighting games specifically that one have uh, the, the, the chops to still be relevant in 2021? Um, you talked a little about it before the show. I'll, I'll reiterate what I think. It was on my mind then. Um, the fighting genre is is a smaller but very passionate base of, of gamers from what I've seen outside looking in. And I think the biggest problem that this game has is, you know, when, when it came back, I believe it was competent, but it didn't rise above, you know, the staples that is a Mortal Kombat um, that is a street fighter people could forgive that one um you know there the the fighting genre is a is a pretty is pretty flush with staple ip and from what i've seen it's really hard for something new to kind of break in even existing ip like the marvel v capcom game um that one nobody liked so they they kind of dropped it and they just went you know what marvel vs capcom 2 is still the still the dominant thing like yeah. even with when it comes to smash so like bringing in killer instinct and this is comes from a place of ignorance as well um i think has some boundaries to kind of leap over to 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 transcend um, and I don't know, like, if we're, if we're talking risk and reward, Microsoft seen the risk and it didn't pay off for them. So they're like, do we want to do this again? And when you're talking about building a new studio, they're building a new studio. When you talk about Forza, Halo, Gears, those IP are known to make billions of dollars, right? Yeah. Is Killer Instinct that? No. So they're not going to, you know, throw over a hundred million dollars to create a small studio, even with 60, 70 people, that's what it's going to be costing you uh, just to build the studio alone. So to me, they have to know they got something. And look, Ed Boone says a lot of crazy things. We all do from every now and again, right? 
Um, Edwin's making a, a game that he says is not Mortal Kombat. It's something very different from what he's doing. So I think he wants to be challenged creatively in a way that's it's not a fighting game. So if that game's still being made and he's still on it, I doubt he's going to be hopping aboard either. So again, it you know, uh, I hope for you, Boom. I so, hope for you. It so has. like you're questioning like the actual viability of the product because yeah. you know like fighting games are very competitive with a ton of games in it, but yeah. it's also still in a very niche. But just jumping in, like in Boom's defense, I'm trying to defend this man's uh, love for Killer Instinct here. <laughs> um, we we have seen Xbox make the statement multiple times that this game wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Game Pass. And we have seen a lot of games that that honestly to God would have not really been very successful if it wasn't in Game Pass, right? And, and 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 so like for like the actual product's viability, I think that Game Pass really makes it a lot more viable than if they were trying to sell this, you know, um I mean, for sure. for 60 bucks. Yeah. I yeah, for sure. I think Game Pass is going to definitely play a part uh in in that. It's just how much development uh are you are you are you throwing at it? Because at the end of the day, even if it's on Game Pass, game's got to be good. Game still has to be mm-hmm. profitable. So, like, even when you have the Game Pass effect, like, how does that, how does that translate to a fighter? Like, how are you monetizing that? I'm thinking solely business here. Like, I would love that to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, how, how do you monetize it through a business? And whereas this is the gaming industry, if you make, you know, you know, purchasable skins, everybody's gonna freak out. So, not to say it's not impossible via game pass definitely is probably gives it way more of a possibility but even then you really do have to think okay well we can just make a deal with shake a hands with a wb put a mortal Kombat on here right mm-hmm. like that's a lot of a that's a much cheaper more laissez-faire idea to do if you're just approaching a mortal Kombat or a street fighter or a tuck and just going hey you want to be on game pass okay bam you're here and rather than throwing millions of dollars at a project that, again, in the past, didn't come fruitful. So, that's well, all I mean, saying. again, I, I, see, as as good as that is, and, and potentially it will happen. It's this is this is my one of my big problems with Microsoft. You and again, I this is an Xbox show, so of course I have to talk about Sony. Sony is very good in celebrating their uh, their historic ips yeah uh, and 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 we've seen it time and time again with games that get remade that have probably had no right to be remade demon souls is a perfect example of that did the world really need it no but they did it and people are loving it and people are actually buying a playstation 5 for it I'm not saying that killer instinct holds the same uh, glass of water to it but it's still a valuable ip yeah, I think uh, you know when it when it comes to I think Sony knows more how to drop an IP when it's not doing well, and they know how they know how to support a, a dev. They know how to kill them. That's well, that, yeah, that, that's how they're they're like the Agent Forty Seven, right? Nobody remembers what Killstrain is, uh, but you're gonna remember what God of War is, and they they know how. I think if anything to give that developer the ability of of reimagining, re- retelling a, a story like you know. A God of War. So, look, and, and that's a, such a, a tired argument as well. We're, we're seeing it right now with like Perfect Dark. So, I'm not saying that the, the, it doesn't it doesn't hold a future or this game can't be reinvented. It really can. It's just does Microsoft want 
to invest that much money into reinventing it? Is it is it there? Like, is the fighting community big enough to say, okay, you know what? We're going to throw fifty to a hundred million dollars at this product. How do we make it profitable? We're going to throw it on Game Pass. Um, it'll make it free to play. Whatever have you. That comes in. Okay, how am I actually going to make money off of this? Rather than just the argument of like you know game pass the game itself has to produce that 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 wampum so you know mortal Kombat does it in a way where it it's it is a refined fighter that tickles at your nostalgia same with super mario brothers right so like and i don't know personally how street fighter does it so you know just talking out of a place of ignorance again i I think that's what Microsoft's looking at. It's oh, studios no. are really, I think uh, Archimedes said it last time. I think we underestimate how expensive games are to make and how expensive it is to buy a studio or sorry, not buy a studio to make, make a studio because wow. like, like you're seeing it right here. Studio invested hundreds of millions of dollars in the stadium axed it right like even amazon invests a hundred millions of dollars into studios and just axed it so like you you microsoft has bought into this industry how how can they use any of those developers they've just bought to go hey you want to make this game and if the developer don't want to make it because they don't feel like it's it's in their portfolio or in their wheelhouse it's awesome that they're saying all right cool you don't have to and not forcing them to do it it's, yeah. That's a fantastic point. Um, because the, the, yeah, Boxby, why don't you come in on the conversation? Do, yeah. do, does <laughs> the Xbox brand deserve a killer instinct? I mean, it is. It, listen, it, it did very well for them, and it was supported for many, many years until the game was not supported by Microsoft with new content. Um, before I answer your question, I want to um, uh, add up on uh, Joe's last uh, statement. The thing really is with these um, questions. Xbox has 23 studios now. We, we always talk about 30 to 35 teams that are working on different games. Now, you want to, to leave those developers the creative freedom to do the game they want. Yeah? But then guys like us can't come in and say, you have to do a killer instinct. You have to re revive this or that game. Yeah. So to some degree apparently they have to go to the teams and tell them what they need to do and that's that's really the different difficulty here to balance out so do i think xbox should bring back killer instinct um i'm not sure um i think they should have a um fighter in in game pass in their first party portfolio because xbox has always been about uh, diversity uh, in genres uh, and when we look at at the portfolio now we have a lot of rpgs of course coming uh, um, from the first party uh, studios we have shooters first party and third uh, first person and, and third person we have strategy games we have we have a lot of different genres we have action adventures now coming everything so um what is missing a fighter is missing um is Killer Instinct the fighter they need? I don't know. I I'm really not that much of a fan of the sh of <laughs> of the genre. Um, and um, to me, Killer Instinct, um, I played it a little bit when the Xbox One came out. It's it's just not my type of game. Um, I'm just seeing that there's a lot of more uh, a lot more nostalgia with with fighters like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. They have a name. I don't know if the name Killer Instinct is that big. It is yeah. probably big for a couple of 
hardcore Xbox fans like us. But is it really that? Does it hold so much nostalgia to the to the general uh, gamers? Yeah, that that if you could maybe... bring back a DOA, which people only bought because yeah. the girls' boobs were bouncing on the screen for them to see. <laughs> You could well, bring back a different killer story. <laughs> and again, yeah. you know what? The truth of the matter is, is that the source code is still there. Real quick, everyone me bought eighteen copies of that game just for boobs. Like burned every just for disc. Boobs. just for boobies. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, real quick, Philly Eagle, very boy. generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding five dollars super chat. It says, "Good afternoon, gamers. Good afternoon to you as well, Philly Eagle. Be sure to give Boom and Panel their proper due. Smash the like button. Thank you for that. Yes, please." If you are enjoying the program, hit the like button. It would be greatly appreciated as we close in on 300 folks hanging out with us. And Pixelbit G, another generous friend, he drops an additional $2 chat and says this. Killer Instinct had 10 million users. It did fine, actually. And I agree. I think, listen, again, fighters are niche. I get it. But I still think that when you have, listen, if they never had Killer Instinct, I wouldn't say go out and buy the company that made it. They already did that with Rare. But I wouldn't say go buy said fighter just to have it in your portfolio. But when you have a Game Pass subscription service that 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 prides itself on diversity, on having different genres of people, you owe it to yourself and more so the fans like me who continue to support their brand by putting in games like that. Yeah, sure. It would be cool to get a DOA or a, a Guilty Gear, but I don't want that as a Game Pass offering. If it's yeah, if it's in there, sure, I'm not going to look a look a gift horse in the mouth. But at the same time, you have an IP, you have a fighter that many many people like. I just find it to be just like Banjo Kazooie, a just bonkers stupid move by Microsoft. That's that that. Listen, I'll say this. As a fan of the brand, and everyone knows this, everyone calls me the Xbox guy, and I kind of hate that because I support everything. But it's my first, it's it's my it's my platform of choice. Nothing wrong with that. If I'm it's not the passionate, scarlet letter we bear. Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> right. If, if I if I if I don't get passionate about something like a, a banjo kazooie and, and 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 talk back at Microsoft, then I'm not a real fan. I'm sorry to say the same as like for sports. When the Steelers took a dump after being 11-0, I screamed at the TV for, for Tomlin's job and them to fire Roethlisberger. I'm sorry. They just took a dump, and they went from first to, first to worst. So, yeah. So if you're a fan, you're going to have that opinion. Um, let's get VJ. VJ, listen, again, I, I don't know with your, whether you're a Killer Instinct fan or not. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, you always, you always attack these things from, uh, from a financial point of view. And, of course, this is why we love you on the show. Does Killer Instinct have a valuable proposition to offer Microsoft's users in Xbox Game Pass? Um, to your point, Boom, um, I, I'm kind of with you. It's a bit of a romantic thing with me. Um, what's the excuse not to have Killer Instinct resurrected and uh, restored to greatness through a creative reimagining? Um, it's a, For me, it was a universal great. I, I, look, I used to sort of you know, wander around all the arcades and Rare's game was a real head turner in the arcades with its yep. sort of rendered graphics back in the 90s. Um, and that's where I spotted it and I fell in love with it. Um, I don't know what else I was playing at the time, but it, as I said, it was a real head turner. I think, I think um, 
sorry, I'm going to be wearing a couple of different hats and contradicting myself. So just fair warning. So I think, <laughs> I think Microsoft, okay, let's just say should either discuss who's available and interested because it shouldn't be an endeavor I'm passionate about internally uh, to develop the project and perhaps look at any potential uh, external parties and studios uh, that may be feasibly adequate and again interested and passionate to take on the IP and reimagine and reimagine Killer Instinct. Um, th there's some things that were said which I don't agree with uh, at all. There are plenty of developers out there. If Xbox wanted to look for a fresh team, I would expect detailed pitches to to land on Phil's desk and then sort of maybe several follow-up meetings to commence and determine who is the right candidate, is it the right time, um, and again, who are the candidates to lead and develop this important title. Um, and as I said, you know, is it the right time to do so? I, I'm not so familiar with Ed Boon, but perhaps he's the right guy. I just don't know how that much about him. Um, but, you know, guys like him and others – um, it, you know, uh, also, you know, can be strategically attached to the project as special advisors, right? Um, you know, and perhaps that's a better role suited for him. Um, you know, and, unless, you know, uh, as Mr. Badbit was alluding to Xbox, you know, licensing Killer Instinct characters exclusively for the Series X version to Warner Brothers and NetherRealm. But if I was Phil and I was sort of kicking back on my giant you know sort of triple decker oak desk and uh, pondering on what um would help differentiate define enhance and empower xbox game pass further in terms of its offerings and the ultimate place to play games it's hard to see past killer instinct and banjo these are excellent and well-founded calls in, in my opinion and and it's not just because you know i grew up with these games i mean phil could perhaps or should also look at um at warner and this is to mr bad point bad bits point is how they've subsequently generated enormous amounts of incremental income with Mortal Kombat. I mean, it's astonishing. It, 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 and if they could structure it in a way to make even half the commercial sense that Mortal Kombat 11 made, then they may be onto something. If, if, you're, if you're going to, uh, at the end of the day, uh, boom, I want the right guys making the game. If, you, if you're going to be the vision holder, director, producer, or whatnot, not necessarily you know, the one who's conceived the project, uh, for a game because they can be distinct and, and different you, you just need to you know be talented balanced mentally fit and sophisticated in your approach when taking on a game development process right because it's it's long it's arduous it's difficult and it's tough and it'll test you. you you need to be mentally and physically fit and constantly be able to sort of lift the value the mindset the talent the vibration of everyone involved in the project anyway that, that aside uh, you also need you know competency passion and the ability to execute your vision and um and be well prepared, right? With with a with a well conceived project, and all these are key factors, amongst others, uh, before you handle an, a key IP uh, of Xbox and are set to work, right? So that's why I'm kind of mentioning that because it is important. Because I do want it to, to to come back. I mean, the other side of it to what Mr. Badbit said is um, Greenlight commit and kind of he said something. It triggered something in my mind and and maybe Freebit can add to this. Greenlight committees these days, boom, are quite regimented, and they're and they're afraid of making mistakes. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And that in itself would determine the outcome of any project, you know, getting kickstarted. But as I say, the the ultimate success of any un endeavor, undertaking, or, or or enterprise stems from the top. And obviously, Phil 
whether you're a company of three p- key people like Team Cherry in Adelaide, Australia, or Phil Spencer guiding, curating, and influencing the fortunes of over 3,500 people that make up the Xbox division, everything is down to Phil and his management team, or old guard, as I'd like to put it, and their ability to execute with an array of nuances and thoughtfulness you know, applied to a given situation or project. One thing is for sure, I hope uh, Killer Instinct receives you know, if it does come to fruition, receives again more of the gears of war treatment rather than and less battle toads. But yeah, no, I, I mean that, that's that's a that's a that's a fantastic point. Yeah, and the one yeah. thing that I do want to say, and, and three bit, you could jump on us. I'm sorry because I've talked a lot this episode, but is what you said, VJ, makes so much sense. We're like, yeah, getting anything greenlit. Because it's not like someone's walking up into Phil's, like, you know. it's <laughs> This isn't Spin City and I'm Michael J. Fox and I'm just walking <laughs> in, right? That's a deep cut. And if you get that, you're cool with me. So, like, uh, you know, it is, you're talking to a board going, here's my plan. Here's what we got. Here's our vision. Here's some slides. And games are getting so expensive at this point. You're even seeing you know, companies like Ubisoft move away from the AAA space model. Yeah, actually, yeah there was a story about that, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they want to, they want um, less grandeur, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, just, I just wanted to finish my point, if, I, if I'm okay. allowed. Yeah, go ahead. Kick, kick me off, no problem. I think... I think I've um, kind of used that analogy or turn of phrase or sentiment previously on the show, but in the importance and, and context of this discussion, I think it's still relevant, right? That if they do reimagine it, do it well. Don't just do it haphazardly or half-heartedly. I think that would be a massive disappointment. It's, it's for me, it's one of the best fighting games of all time. And I would like the IP and development, maybe selfishly speaking or inwardly looking boom, back, like you mentioned, rare. I'd like it to re- the IP to return return home where it was originally conceived and born. I, I, I don't think the game is, and again, to Mr. Badbit's point, financially, I don't think the game is going to be a deal break, deal breaker from a financial investment and return of investment point of view if it's structured properly. I think that's the easy part. A drop in the ocean compared to 500 million that was planned for Halo. I mean, 500 million this day and age, if you go to EA, you go to the Embracer group, you talk to even Capcom, uh, is not a lot of these, a lot of money these days in terms of product planning over, over a two to three or five year period. Uh, at the very least, Killer Instinct should be percolating somewhere in the depths of Xbox, perhaps in you know, Mr. Boom's uh, closet. But at times like this, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry for a Lord of the Rings um, a reference here, but I wish I had a, a you know a palantria or whatever it was called, you know, one of those all-seeing sort of shiny stones, so I could figure out what was actually going to happen with this game. But you know, we could all wish for different things, I suppose. Anyway, that's my point. Boom, wrapped up. No, no, and great as always. Three bit. Let's let's get your opinion on this. And again, Joe brings up a good point. So you you get a chance to see behind the scenes what it takes to greenlight something. I personally don't think considering the record profits that were reported, not just from Microsoft. Folks, the Xbox division made $5 billion in three months. $5 billion with a B. The actual Xbox division is worth $600 billion. I don't think the investment in a first-party franchise that you own is that that big of a financial risk or burden for Microsoft? What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, first, in, in terms of uh, getting projects greenlit, it's it's an absolute nightmare because <laughs> you're not only factoring in what's profitable, 
there's also situations where an idea is amazing in concept, but doesn't always apply to gameplay development very well. We've seen that on multiple occasions, like the game Evolve, right? Where yeah. it's a great idea, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's fun to play. And then you get like games that are, are canceled far into development. And that happens as well. Games we never see the light of day, but it's still far in development. Um, this is a couple of examples of that. Like, I think it was a Prince of Persia game that they had <laughs> some um, Mega Bloks Halo the, game, remember? Right? Halo, like um, recently, the, the, the 007 game where it was pretty much done, right? And Nintendo canceled it. So, so there's a lot of different situations with that. But I, I agree with, with uh, Babbit on a couple of things where fighting games are niche, but the potential in the fan base is so passionate that it's still possible. For for that game to sell very well. Um, Mortal Kombat is, is a great example, sold really well, uh, selling like 11 million copies. And of course, Smash Bros is at the top with like 22 million the last time I checked. Yeah. <laughs> compare that. Mm-hmm. If done like, correctly, you could you could sell uh, a shitload. Yeah, you could still sell a lot <laughs> with, with something like Killer Instinct. Uh, the potential is there. Um, if you compare something like that to to something like Gears, which rumored to sell maybe six or seven million when it first came out, and who knows what it's at now because they don't release first Gears release Gears Five. Last Gears summer, Five. It was like not six, enough. That game's so good, and people trash yeah. on it. I don't even know why. <laughs> yeah, when it when it first came out, it didn't sell very well. I don't I don't know what's what it's at now, but uh, yeah, uh, more combat comparatively sold pretty well. And if it's one thing Microsoft does suck at right now is their IP management and they own so much so much incredible IP and there's there's no ladder pipeline that we can see of them actually using it. Um, That's the one concern for me and maybe you know, as, as on the development side you can kind of lessen that paranoia is the fact that like we are seeing like Xbox buy all these things and I'm like you know, we talk about it here. Like, I want a Killer Instinct game, right? I want a Perfect Dark game. It's like, how how is the management of those IP? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's we saw it with like like a lot of the rare IP as well. Like, how how do you think they should be managing those uh, IP? Or should better be better than they're doing, like, Joe. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but like, but like, how how like if if three bit, you're in charge of. IP management over at Xbox. Yeah. What does that look like? What does that pipeline look like? I would actually look at what Sony's doing. <laughs> yeah, Sony's actually good very good at it. like look look at Astrobot, right? When you play Astrobot, they basically are celebrating their history, correct, of of their IP, right? And mm-hmm. sure it's like a small game it comes with the PlayStation, but it's sort of a testament like yes, PlayStation may not do certain things. Um, but at the same time, one thing they they know that they they stick to <laughs> like they know consoles sell pretty well, so that's that's what they're sticking to. They know their IPs are king, so they really uh, they really appreciate uh, their fans in that regard, where they are bringing back the the IPs that they have. Mm-hmm. And I really want Microsoft to look at that, and um, the, and I feel like in some capacity they are starting to with Perfect Dark and. Uh, and really, you know, Halo has always been around, but so so now- what you're saying is like, hey, like, 
like maybe do a little expansion of rare or like what we've seen with platonic where it's hey you you originally made banjo let's go make a banjo game y'all hello like yeah is it, is it something like that what you're trying to say yeah <laughs> and I, I think phil knows that to an extent because he, he said he wants to make more e-rated games i think somewhere <laughs> Yeah, no, he actually said he wants more family-friendly fr- games, and, and he said that while talking about Xbox Game Pass, more specifically. Yeah, so it, it was really weird to hear that no one wants to tackle the creation of Killer Instinct, because I personally, it, as a developer, I would love to have a title like Killer Instinct under my belt if I was developing the game. Um mm-hmm. I know a lot of studios and Microsoft currently are tending to focus on other genres, primarily first person, uh, which is why I was slightly sad when <laughs> Perfect Dark was announced as one. But a yeah. fighting game is hard. It, it comes down to a lot of balancing and mechanics. It's, it's, this is one of the reasons why I think they need more Japanese developers, because this is what they do. They're very good at developing those types of games. And it's it's also why they should purchase an, another studio like NetherRealm to open up the library of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my advice to Microsoft, <laughs> if, I, if they're listening, I know some maybe maybe they're listening to this show, um, is either what, what Boom was saying, either start developing a studio from scratch, which is very hard to do. Um, you, you have to have the money and resources uh, to develop a studio solely for making fighting games. But Microsoft has the benefit of a lot of studios right now that share resources with each other. And the best thing about established studios within the Microsoft family is the fact that they can share technology with each other. So if they were to start it from scratch, they do have some help and options there. If you did not want to start it from scratch and start making deals with talented developers like Arc System Works, the developers of Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. And which is ridiculously talented, by the way. Ridiculously talented. And I think... The initiative is a great test for them recently because of the fact that they are a new studio built from the ground up by Microsoft in recent years, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, they, they have a couple of options there. Make e- either some deals with already st- established studios to tackle a franchise like Killer Instinct or just build one from scratch and uh, and, and see what happens there. So. Yeah. And you know what? Everyone had fantastic points. Again, so I went a little bit off the rails, but you know what? I'm not sorry about it. Uh, obviously, <laughs> if you're passionate about something, I think that you really got to go full in. And if there's Thank anyone you. that has been banging the Banjo-Kazooie and Killer Instinct drum over the last couple of years, uh, it has been me. And because uh, I find that as a gamer, not an Xbox game or a PlayStation guy or gal or an X uh, or a Nintendo, I-, I-, I could figure out a way to still play the division two for three hours yeah. and then simply shut it down to go play a new banjo kazooie or a killer instinct or whatever. And I think that mm-hmm. diversity is key. I think that when you are looking to push a service like game pass, that's offering uh, mo- a multitude of different uh, genres for different types of gamers, not having those particular two is a freaking head scratcher, but I want to move on to 
the biggest topic of the day. I am sorry it took so long to get here, but listen, folks, we have a full, we have a six-man roster team here, and everyone brings it 100%, and of course, there is no time limit, so we may go into a little bit of overtime today. Good on you if you're going to hang around, but we're going to be talking some Halo now. Now, obviously, uh, Boxer Bear, who I'm going to hit first on this, uh, DM'd us in, in, in our private chat, and was like, hey, boom, I don't know about the, OD, the ODST2 thing. They kind of poo-pooed it. Well, I have evidence to suggest that not only is Microsoft lying, that their cat was out of the bag, and unfortunately, you're not getting it back in. 343 Industries is looking for a producer to help develop a new product. Two words. New product in the Halo universe. This is your chance to work on one of the most exciting creative intellectual properties in the industry with one of the industry's most talented teams. This comes directly from the job posting at Redmond slash Microsoft. And this is what it says in regards to that. As a producer, you are core to the culture and productivity of the team. The ideal candidate will be able to balance schedule needs with creative pursuits, pushing for quality and innovation while managing both budget and time, and lead a team of industry veterans to create innovative new experiences. Ex uh, um, executing on the, our project's vision takes many traits, but of all, but uh, but 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 above all stands teamwork, leadership, and dedication to excellence. Coordinating the efforts of a large product team um, is a big responsibility. The producer needs to be both uh, of a uh, focused and agile in navigating the complexities of the development cycle. And listen, I, I have a bunch of other little uh, bullet points that what they're looking for, you know, uh, to coordinate and lead team efforts, localization, business development, licensing, legal, established, sustained pr uh, process and tools to drive success, ensure that the project is hitting its quality and hashtag fun goals while actively managing the schedule and milestone develop, uh, de developabilities. Listen, the end of the story is this. If you think that Halo Infinite is the end all for Halo, then you're thinking small-minded. We have heard numerous times they are working on multiple projects within the Halo universe. And it and listen, I don't know how many Halo fans we have here in the chat. I don't know if we even have any Halo fans on this panel, but I can tell you this. Halo ODST, which was considered a side story for Halo 3, moved mountains with a little bit of oomph. And that game if it's in development, if they're making a second one based on the original main character that we saw show up in a big way in Halo 5, I don't know. But they are working on something because they freaking said so. And again, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I don't think that I am. Boxer Bear, I want to go to you first on this because when I posted this in our chat, hey, this is the story we're doing, you immediately threw up the red flag and said, I don't know, boom. Has your opinion changed based on the information I have provided? Or do you think, or more importantly, do you believe the statement from Microsoft saying, nope, they're just going to be working with Halo Infinite? Okay, uh, first, I'm a little distracted because I'm getting my CV ready to, to hand it in for that position. <laughs> uh, 
No, uh, listen, boom. I think I really think um, that uh, after they they posted that up, um, someone from three for three posted that the, yeah, this position or and and tweeted that that this position yes. is indeed for Halo Infinite. Now, yeah. listen, boom. I've I've done that too many times. Um, you want a new member for your team, and then you write a description for the job, just the thing you read out loud uh, right now. Yeah, and then you send it to HR, and HR puts that in some special phrasing, yeah, that they are always using, and then things get uh, into such a job description that the the respective um, guy who who wants to hire you maybe not really wanted to say. Um, I've had yeah. that happening multiple times. Yeah, so job listings are not written by the management from three for three; they are written by someone from hr and and yeah. then wordings like this happen however so if that uh, so that's why i really believe that producer um um job posting is, is for halo infinite just like they tweeted out but i think halo is too big to be just a halo first person shooter game we have seen that uh, they branched out into other genres like um um with Halo Wars, for instance, yeah, um, fantastic games, yeah, and they could do so much more, and I bet they will. They didn't set up three for three industries like they did them um, over the last years and increase their staff and have multiple teams that we know um, of, and uh, uh, just to make a first-person shooter. I bet that they will branch out into different genres. Um, over the next years or so, um, Halo. They talked about Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is their foundation for the next ten years. Yeah, yes. they're going to to evolve that game. There won't be. This is at least how we understood it. Yeah, that they, they won't have a Halo Infinite two uh, in three years or so. Yeah, they will evolve yep. that game into into something over the next years. So that means that they have. Um, they have one game and they have the biggest studio within the Xbox Game Studios just working on an ever-evolving game. I doubt that. I bet that they will branch out. I'd love, mm -hmm. personally love to see a Halo RPG, yeah, um, an open-world uh, RPG, third-person, somehow in the universe, for instance. But you could do so much more with, or other genres uh, with, with that franchise, and I bet they will do that. Um even though this particular job listing might not be that uh, point of towards it, um, I bet they will do that because Halo is just too big. It's their most iconic brand, and um, there is so much potential in in that lore and in that universe um, that they can use um, in different genres. Um, and I bet they will do that. I mean, listen again; d d mistakes are always made. Uh, I just think that it is a big – to me, when you see stuff like this, it, again, makes you scratch your head. And I agree with you. And, and here I want to take it a little bit further there, Boxer Bear. Uh, I, I think it's almost criminal to have Halo pigeonholed to simply just tell one story. Now, granted, now, now hold on. Don't start throwing booze at me because you know what I, you know, people are going to be like, well, wait a second. You said about, about uh, the, and the Master Chief not being a part of the, uh, of the story in Halo 5 is why you hated it. Listen, 
The story in Halo 5, folks, was, I don't care. I'm going to die on this island. It was not good, folks. That, that's the end of the story. You, you can think otherwise, but they, they, they admitted the story was, fell short of what they wanted to tell. Um, but the Boom, be, tap the, me in. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tap you in right now. You're coming <laughs> next, brother. Oh, but, but, I need this. Yeah. Someone's going to be off in chat. I need, I need, I need, I need. You this. know what, Joe? Take it away. Well, why, why okay. don't you attack this, Joe? Because you are. If you don't know, you think because he's the, the, the voice, the subtle voice of the PlayStation Nation, that he doesn't mm-hmm. care for Xbox. Well, you're sadly mistaken. You're watching the wrong programs because he plays Halo more than just about probably you do. That's right. Are yeah. we doing that twenty boom? By the way, yeah, yes, we are. We are doing okay. the twenty. Yes. Heck yeah! Oh, me too. Now, <laughs> yes, three bit. You're, you're joining not. the team, brother. Three bit. You joining? The whole us? team's here. We'll, we'll see, Thank man. God. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Because Luke Laura was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, good. We don't even need you, guys. We're gonna God, crush so it. Bad. We're gonna crush. Oh, it. We're bad, gonna get yeah. number one for sure. Someone said, I think double M dying for Mech Assault first and foremost. And when you when when when, he, when they said that, it made me think. How awesome would it be if we had a Halo mech game? That because would be you getting goosebumps, like, getting goosebumps. Right? You, you, like, you got the Colossus in there. You got Cyclopses in there. Like, you can have variants of those different mechs in there. Yeah. And then, like, what the Covenant or, or, or um, oh, goodness, I'm blanking on, on the on the bad guys in, in Halo Wars 2. Uh, the Banished, there you go. Whatever they got. Like, you can have these awesome designs. That would be so rad. Give me a Titanfall <laughs> but in the Halo universe. That'd be dope. Uh, that said, uh, when I take a look at this title, yeah, this is Halo Infinite. Uh, you know, I think Archimedes, you said it perfectly. As someone who's looking for a job, right, in the PR space, I've been, I've had interviews where it says one thing, like I, I had one earlier this week and it says one thing and you're like oh yeah cool i could do this and then like the just they, they hide a little something in this description and when you're in the interview you're like wait what you, this was okay can uh, i tell a quick funny story go for it, i work in a company with two hundred and eighty thousand employees so we are Jeez. a big company okay and mm-hmm. um i wanted to hire an intern for my team so I wrote a little job description, sent it to HR. Two hours later, my boss came to me and asked mm-hmm. me why I wanted to hire a full-time employee. Yeah, so HR really <laughs> screwed things up. They just took their their template, yeah, they copy-pasted stuff in, and suddenly it wasn't yeah. an internship anymore. It was a full job description. Yeah, stuff like mm-hmm. that happens. Um, yeah, and 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 that's and that's the thing is. HR takes these things and like they'll put they'll give you some crazyish titles, they'll give you some crazy descriptions, and it's really like a like when you get down in the, the, the nitty-gritty, it's it's not that taxing. It's it's very stressful as like you're entering the, the you know the grown-up job space as I am. It's 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 rather daunting when you're seeing like, oh, you need to you know, you need to be a public you know, was it product manager? And you're like, well, pro- I've never managed anything. And it's like, no, 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 that really means like you got this boss. Like, yeah, like titles, descriptions, LinkedIn's. It's um, it's not what it normally seems like. So this is definitely Halo Infinite, and I think it speaks to what Microsoft wants to make Halo Infinite, which is this game that's going to last ten years. That's what you want. That's the goal. And when you have a game that's going to last ten years, it means you're going to have to need DLC to push it. Look, Halo is going to be a thing. I feel like it's going to be every year you're getting an expansion like a Destiny. 
That's yeah, what that this would be is. dope. I, I'm all in on that. Whether it is, you know, probably expansions that that have Master Chief on this this you know adventure or not. Um, that's probably what this is. Is this Master Chief running around, running, gunning things, uh, adding new maps or, or changing things up, adding new weapons? Those things take development time. And again, games are getting more expensive, so you you want to make sure this this IP lands first. The 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 very subtle clue they hint about this game's development is when they said everything for launch for Halo is ready, and and it's very specific when they say that. So like they definitely have more things in the pipeline, and as long as and it comes to other like Halo properties, as long as they're clear what the protagonist is like halo reach we love that game that doesn't really feature master chief at all right but we we they, we we knew that going into it marketing has to match the real product right well um, that that was halo 5's biggest problem halo 5's biggest problem and i forget there was i think there was like another halo that that suffered a similar oh halo 2 where like what, why am I this alien dude? Right. So, and that become beloved uh, as time goes on, but like, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's those things you really got to take into, into consideration. I don't think this is a new halo game per se. This halo needs a hit first before they can start thinking this halo has to do the expanding the universe. So we can't go any further until this thing sets the groundwork for what this halo is or universe is. No, I mean, it may, it may, again, it makes a lot of sense. One one of the biggest leaks to come out for Halo Infinite was these side story missions that they were talking about. If you, if you guys remember, and I don't have it in front of me because I didn't think it was going to be relevant to the conversation, but I probably should have forethought that it would be, was that there were going to be missions where that you could actually be Atriox or you can be Buck. Or, or 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 any of the, any of the, the 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 people you're going to meet, the NPCs you're going to meet within the game, telling a story outside of Halo Infinite, where it's going to focus mostly on Master Chief, and that's pretty dope. Now, I don't know if this is for that. I don't know if this is an ODST two or not. I think that an ODST two would be really dope and could exist to some extent. I mean, have Buck going around to different uh, different rings to find something that they're looking for. Shit, I don't know. I don't work for 343, but if they ask, I'm, yeah, I'm ready ready to go. Um, VJ, let, let, I'm, I'm going to bring you in now on this. Um, this is, um, again, a position that could have been posted as a mistake, could very well be, um, and, and it could be a, a PR a blip, if you will, um, but I still think that there is something here that they are not ready to talk about, and and it was the cat was out of the bag. What what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm actually intrigued more to hear about Archimedes CV. I, I'm intrigued to see what he lists under hobbies and favorite pastime. <laughs> Xbox. So. <laughs> um, um, I'm I'm just not well versed enough on the history of Halo, so I can I can't really offer you anything of value, let alone any insight. What I will say is that Halo. Well, what come the thoughts that come to mind? I just cast my mind back to Halo in its prime. It signaled everything that was pure, exciting, and visionary about Xbox, and the sky was the limit, right, for Xbox and and the Halo brand and and the universe. At the at the time, everyone was thinking. 
if this is Xbox's sort of opening salvo, drumbeat, or hail of bullets, then the future and ascension of Halo and the Xbox brand has to be bright, uh, if not written in the stars. Uh, and then we experience sort of landmark titles such as Gears of War and, and Mass Effect, right, which grace the Xbox platforms. But um, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown, right? So, and I say that, I think it's pretty apt because over time, bravado and pretension and replace, was replaced with, you know, re sorry, it replaced humility and foresight. You stop learning and growing a few wrong turns, the, you know, the wrong vision holder and management, a sudden imbalance of missteps take place and, you know, a natural nurturing and progression, which Xbox began with, became a, a systematic approach to creation. You know, EA is a prime example of this. And you then easily lose sight of the road that led you to where you were once heading towards, you know, to and that low road was sort of leading you to the best that you could be. And uh, you end up with uh, sort of an indefinable, topsy-turvy, incoherent, upside-down trifle of a mess. So whatever the pursuit, goal, expansion, or aggrandizement um, goals are for Halo, as I've said previously, you know, allow the developers and the concepts um you know because if it's being green lit for for argument's sake you know allow them to look within um and you know it's it just goes kind of, this kind of topic kind of dovetails into into the other topics we've already already discussed because we were talking about green light processing and how games green green lit and, and the budgets allocated to them for me it's whatever's happening whoever the team is give them a chance to produce while offering experiencing guidance to them rather than sort of spur of the moment current market analytics uh going back to the first topic for example and ask them to sort of and then you know sort of once the project's green lit because uh, there are still politics after the green light green lighting process that uh, Freebit was talking about um and then they're asked to sort of tailor the vision and and projects somewhat according to current forms trends and the and the, and the project and, and projected you know future market disposition so as long as it stays pure to whatever's being conceived and uh, it, it helps ex get Xbox to where it should be and it supports Game Pass, then I'm all for it, Boom. Uh, sorry for going off topic a little bit. It's just nah, like that's perfect. That's perfectly fine. Absolutely. Very Listen, we're, 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 we, again, podcast, conversational podcast. Uh, I like what one bad mother says. He goes, this man's a poet. That's every time he speaks. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like Listen, I, I, appreciate, I definitely appreciate it. Like uh, three days. I love it. I, I want to bring three Brit into the conversation because, again, he's going to give us a perspective from marketing. That could mm -hmm. uh, that could be whether or not this is in fact an error or an act, you know, a slip up. Slip ups happen, leaks happen, accidental posts happen. Well, well, well man, my God, we weren't supposed to talk about this yet, but you did it. Cats out of the bag. No, no, three four three jumps out like like <laughs> Batman and says, "Nope, folks, there's nothing to see here." Forget the dead body that's on the floor here. That never happened. Joker's okay. He's in Arkham. Let's keep going. Wrong. Three bit. What is your thoughts on this? Is this a is this a marketing blip? You know, this is this a mistake or is you know are they legit? They're hiring, which I find to be ridiculous considering that Halo Infinite is done. But that's just my take. What is yours? Yeah, it's interesting because three for three seems to you know <laughs> be uh, constantly moving positions around so that does lead me to believe if this is true it's definitely some sort of side game that uh that is in development or uh because we know infinite for the most part is is finished yes. um and now they're just polishing it up so there it's possible that they're you know either starting uh, a side game or, or or what have you but i i've always said that halo is a title that could benefit from having a side game 
I always compare the Halo lore and universe to something like Star Wars. There's so much story and, and history there that it has the benefit of breaking genres. Like a, a Halo game doesn't have to be first person, for example, and you can do all of these side stories to either the books or something similar to ODST to where it, it took place between Halo 2 and 3, I believe. Um, and the job opening that they're having um, as a producer is a position I do not envy because if anything, some of the hardest jobs to do, in my opinion, is getting everyone on the same page. Um, so that's a big job, making sure people show up for meetings in time. If they don't track down why, maybe there is a huge bug in the game they were tasked to fix, or maybe they're, the other person missed it because they were talking to the director. Um, so they're definitely communicating between different departments in that position, um, making sure the game is on an efficient pipeline. Uh, do not envy that job at all. But I'm excited for a new Halo game. What I liked about ODST and I hope this that's what this is, ODST 2, is the feeling I got with, like, the music. It felt like... Music was probably the best in the series, to be honest. So good. Yeah. So good. It, Nothing it, I will ever feeling... beat Breaking Benjamin in Halo 2. Nothing. Breaking Benjamin slaps so hard, and we often disregard them for some reason. You know, they're just, they're so good. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% no, with you. Halo is one of those games I could talk about for a long time. <laughs> it's just so much there, so much history. It's the reason why, again, I'm an animator and all this other stuff. I'm so passionate about Halo. But yeah, if it is an ODST 2, that would be sick. If it's some other Halo side game, they should think about exploring another genre like third person. Uh, I, I think a common pattern so far on the panel seems to be exploring the story outside of Master Chief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things they could do. I've seen a lot of people in chat getting uh, to different genres, like a Halo stealth game would be awesome. A game focused on the Covenant's perspective would be kind of cool. A Halo horror title. There's just squad so based. Much. Man. Yeah, as a matter of fact, real quick, let me just jump Halo in here. I, I got to catch up with some. I got to catch up with some of the super chats. But yep. Reggie Mobile Nine actually brings up that great point, and, I, and the ones before him, I will get in a second. He says, "Great show, fellas." After dropping a five dollars super chat, I'd like to see a Halo horror game with the Flood and no Master Chief. Think Dead Space. The lore for the Flood is disturbing. <laughs> Who and said that? Reggie Mobile Nine. Phil. Hire this guy. He knows what he's talking about here. <laughs> I want that. Give me a Republic Commandos, but it's literally just Spartans. Give me that. Dope. Yeah. By the way, if you never play Rep Republic Commando, one of the best Star Wars games you never play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair. Mm -hmm. um, uh, anything else you'd like to add before I uh, three bit before I bring in Zemi Games on this? Uh yeah, just 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 try it. Odst two will be good. <laughs> I yeah, no, I, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, uh, Zemi, before <clears throat> I bring you in on the uh, yes. get the final point of today's show, let's uh, let me catch up on a few of the super chats that have come in. We have Brandonics real life situation drops an outstanding final super chat and says DOA never le left the industry for uh, for a year. Killer instinct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, the DOA has been going on for years, years and years and years. Now, now it's, I mean, it's a, it, it, it is a competent fighter. Before it was just all about bouncing boobs. That's the reality. Star Ghost drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says, "Damn good points from three bit and panel." Well, thanks, dude. Appreciate you being here, uh, Star Ghost. Philly Eagle, generous friend of the show, drops an additional 
Outstanding. Two dollars of Jen says, gonna die on this hill. Master Chief needs to retire. Yeah, he's been banging that drum for many, many years since I've been doing the show. And listen, that's your opinion, brother. And you are absolutely entitled to it. But Zemi Games, listen, you know, from uh for you know, people uh, may or may not know, you are in the process of getting a marketing degree and you have your uh, you know, your your feelers out to get hired, but let's say a Microsoft. So if anyone from Microsoft is looking, <clears throat> Zemi Games is looking as well. Could this be a mess up or I mean cuz again, Halo Infinite supposedly is done. My question is why would you need a producer? For a game already done, I don't know, but I call it suspicious. What is your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, so you know, like you know, like Archimedes opened up and said, you know, the community manager did come out and 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 make a post on Twitter saying that you know he did some digging and 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 that he can confirm that the role is for Halo Infinite. I'm not going to say that he's lying in the least bit, right? I mean, there there you know, um, it, it's February, I think, yes. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, uh, hoping, guessing that the game is going to come out in November, you know, on the day of like the 20th Halo anniversary, right? So there's still plenty, you know, of time there. And yeah, you know, they're going to be doing a lot of polishing and that type of stuff, but they of course, you know, they of course could still use another producer to, you know, work in between the teams, all of that different stuff. I, I, I think that it's definitely, uh, you know, possible for them to literally just need an extra producer on, you know, in 343 for this Halo game. Um, now, with that being said, um, Archimedes also makes a fantastic point in, in which he said that uh, this is Halo Infinite is being labeled as a 10 year long project. They're not going to need everybody on staff at 343 to support this game. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, chances are this producer that they are looking to hire will be working on, you know, additional Halo games that, you know, are, are possibly in the work right now or soon will be. Right. Um, so, but, but, but as for, you know, the actual job posting, I think it's really just for, um, you know, Halo Infinite. But with that being said, I think you'd be kind of crazy, kind of bonkers to believe that there's not going to be other Halo games, you know, in the future when, when, you know, they're going to come out, how they're going to come out, all of that, that is up to debate. But I think that we definitely will see that, um, you know, for instance, Mario is 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 to Nintendo what, you know, Halo is to uh, Xbox. Right. Mario has tons of different iterations of, you know, Mario's or Mario kind of games from Luigi's Mansion to Mario Kart all over the place. Right. The same thing, you know, needs to happen with Halo because it is such a massive, you know, universe with a tremendous number of lore uh, or a, tr a tremendous amount of lore. And, and it just would work so well with so many different uh, genres. So I, I definitely think that the producer job is for Infinite. But of course, that producer will hopefully be working on other Halo projects in the future. Yeah. But I, oh, go ahead. No, no, continue. Um, you know, you've kind of gave your spill of what you would like to see them do. Uh, you know, alternate Halo uh, game and uh, bad uh, Mr. Badbit. He said, you know, like a Mech Assault kind of game. Uh, and 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 I can't really remember what Archimedes. I think he was like Mass Effect, like RPG uh, Halo game. Yes. I tell you what, I would absolutely love right a horror I, game for my uh, Halo. No, not not oh, a big okay. fan of that. No, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to pass on that. Um. No, like, and I can already hear it now. Like, like the people in the chat are going to be screaming, Halo fanboy. 
I love the the storytelling methods that were possible because uh you know uh, you know with with the last of us right so i'm not saying to copy what last of us is but make a game Bro, that kind of uses I this sony pony over here i know Ooh, it i know it. sjw agenda <laughs> he sucks <laughs> okay um, but, but like you make a game in that style and, and like make your main character, like an Oni agent coming in, uh, during like the time it. of the insurrection. I play video have, games, Zemi. I don't play movies. <laughs> have, him, have him go around to like reach and maybe be involved in the abduction of the children for the Spartan two program. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe later on in the story, he figures out that, you know, what he was actually doing, like he was kind of getting hoodwinked and he didn't really understand the implication of what he was actually doing doing and maybe he's then trying to report it to a journalism as the covenant are attacking and have you know sneaking um you know missions have him infiltrating the um you know the the human um uh like resistance during the time and and and, and you know that time period of halo is so fantastic and we've seen like short like animated uh clips of it and 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 it, it and I really, really like that. And we've, we've read it in books, right? But we've never really saw that in a game. And I think that there's, you know, and, and that's just one idea. I mean, there's several ideas uh, in the Halo universe that are, you know, could be transformed and put into, you know, a video game and making, you know, a dark, mature, gritty, uh, you know, game. And and I really, really like the idea of that. That's just, you know, what I would love to No, but to you know what? I, I, I really, I'm really digging what you're putting down. And I, and I think that, with, look, here, here's the thing, folks. We, we first, and I think this is where the stepping point goes off of. I, I think that everything that we're talking about is all valid. I think that the different types of genres that we want to see Halo go into is something that they should explore. No doubt about it. I think that until Halo, um, I was gonna say Reach, until Halo Infinite uh, releases later this year, and I think it's going to release to 90 metas, I think it's going to reinvigorate the fan base, I think it's going to bring in new fans, I think that what they ultimately are doing by bringing back old talent that saw the uh, creation of all of the big-time Halos that we look back on are, 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 are key. And I think we're going to see the fruition of the Halo Infinite 10-year plan potentially form into di different multiple genres. And I, and I love what you're talking about because, again, there have been a lot of people, not just Boom, not just Zemi, would love to see a third-person Halo game. Now, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be with Master Chief. It can be with a new character, but it would be pretty dope. How if they cool would it be if it's like Blue Team? Yes. Know? Yes, exactly. Dope. Master Chief as a kid, because yeah. the whole thing where as a kid in the books, he was like playing Capture the Flag and actually like killing other kids. <laughs> it was kind of crazy, but yeah. I would love yeah. to see that, uh, him grow up to be a Spartan somewhere. I mean, listen, there there are a lot of ways they can go, uh, but I will say this. We, we have now crossed the two-hour mark. Folks, this has been an amazing show. Powerful opinions uh, from a, a group of guys that just enjoy gaming, more specifically on Xbox. And uh, Smitty Smith, our good brother, drops an outstanding. $5 Super Chat and says, sweet Jesus. This is one hell of a panel. Well, thanks, dude. Appreciate that. Salute the Book of X. Well, indeed, thanks for being here, brother, and definitely appreciate the generosity. Folks, listen, here's the thing. 
Uh, we do this each and every week for you because, quite frankly, two important keys. One, we love the community. Everyone on this panel loves interacting with the community. And you guys and gals, we had over 300 people here today, are as passionate as we are. And secondly, we are all uh, players of the Xbox platform. We love it, and I love talking about it so much so that I have not one, but two shows weekly Xbox One on One on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. And of course, the Xbox Factor podcast, which you are currently listening to on Thursday. Let's get to the outros and we'll get everyone out of here uh, so they can start their uh, their day before the weekend. And we'll start first with Zemi Game. Zemi, tell everyone where they can reach out to you for a conversation. And more importantly, tell them about theconstantgamer.com and maybe, just maybe, if they're interested in becoming a writer, how they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my site is called constantgamer.com and it's pretty much, you know, like uh, Kotaku and IGN, GameSpot, all that different stuff. The only difference uh, is that we try to keep things more based in facts, more objective and less, you know, opinion based, right? We, we really try to separate our personal opinions from what is actually happening uh, in the games industry. And I, and I think that that's a very, very unique approach, especially whenever you look at a lot of these big game uh, you know, gaming, you know, journalism uh, outlets, right? Um, but in addition to doing, you know, uh, objective, you know, news and reviews and, and featured articles and stuff like that, we also have a community section where uh, we're posting quizzes and, and more stuff is going to be coming on that front as time, you know, goes on. But right now we, we have uh, two really, really amazing quizzes, one that I wrote, one that Boom wrote. They're both fantastic. Um, and overall, it's just a really cool site that I'm trying to build up and 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 just have, you know, that 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 better place to go for accurate gaming news and 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 and, and even opinions, right? Um, and we're we're also currently looking for anyone that would be interested in writing for the site. Uh, if you would be interested, all you got to do is just go to the contact us page uh, and click on the button that says join the team and fill out a very short application, and I'll definitely be in touch with you. Um, and then you guys can also check out uh, us, you know, Constant Gamer on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, up in the top left-hand corner, there's uh, two buttons to, you know, just click on the site uh, that will take you directly to our YouTube channel or directly to our Twitter page. Uh, but yeah, boom, fantastic show, man, as always. Really enjoy these topics. And uh, yeah, can't wait for next week. Yeah, thanks so much for being here, as always. Joe, why don't we get you on out of here? Yeah. Tell everyone about where they can check out you on social media, but more importantly, support the Trophy Room, PlayStation's premier location for everything PlayStation. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a crazy few weeks, let me tell you. You can find the Trophy Room on Twitter at PS Trophy Room. You can find the show, the video version, on YouTube over at the Trophy Room Show. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcast services, like Apple Podcasts, like Google Play, like Spotify, which has been a huge boon for us. So make sure you're following the Trophy Room, especially on that Spotify app. And yeah. Um, you can find me over at Mr. Badbit, where I say things sometimes, and some of them funny, some of them real good, some of them not my best work. But you know what? Shuhei's my best friend now, so we're we're best buds. Excellent. Well, that that is you a know? big deal. Is, uh, is is Aaron Greenberg following Luke Lore? No, no, probably not. It's because he sucks. You know, he sucks. Well, listen, Luke, Luke is going to make a comeback in a big way. Uh, Archimedes, why don't you tell everyone about your incredible and exploding YouTube channel, but also where could people check you out on social media? 
Yeah, first of all, thank you again for having me on the show. Um, it's been a blast as always. Thursday is always the highlight of my week. Um, yeah, people can find me um, basically everywhere at Boxenberger, Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation, and of course here on YouTube. Um, my channel, yeah, it's it's growing slowly but steady. Um, I'm happy with it. Uh, I have a blast making the videos. The feedback is great. And if you are interested uh, in commentary videos about the video game industry definitely check my channel out well yeah dude i you, you've made some really killer videos like i said anyone that's interested please check his check his channel out his videos uh inspired me personally not only to get the same program but to be, to to really put in the work that goes behind making these videos and as you can see in the last couple of weeks i have uploaded five and uh you know and and, and you know they're not to the level of quality for me anyway, in my opinion, of the dealer and the boxer bear. But I think that they're they're getting there. And boxer bear knocks it out of the park. He puts a lot of work into his videos. And I would truly appreciate you getting out there and supporting his hard efforts to uh, educate the community in gaming and be a part of it. Uh, so thanks for being here. VJ, why don't you tell us about what shows you are currently on and also... Did you buy a new Webster's Dictionary to pull out all of that vocabulary that you did today? Because, my God, it was best, better than ever. I'm sorry, Boom. Um, you can find me occasionally on Twitter at Viewpoint Gaming or more frequently so on my Series X. And since I'm sort of enamored with uh, playing Hollow Knight, uh, the Void Heart edition on Game Pass, uh, I mentioned to Pong Soul in the chat that Hollow Knight has me sort of has it's kind of been a revelation and has uh, sort of bestowed upon me an abundance of delight and magic. It's it's simply captured, encapsulated, enchanted, and enriched my being. As the indie gamer recently said to me in a, in a DM, that the designers clearly respect uh, you, the gamer, and your intelligence. And uh, okay, that's my shameless plug over and done with. Boom! Thanks for putting up with me, panel. Uh, boom! Panel and the chat. It's truly and deeply appreciated. And uh, happy Lunar New Year to everyone. Well, thanks for being here, brother. We definitely appreciate what you bring to the show, certainly. And last and no way least, 3-Bit, why don't you tell everyone not only about the award-winning work that you're doing, where could people reach out to you on social media, but also subscribe to your outstanding and growing YouTube channel? Yeah, thanks so much for the chat uh, coming. It was really exciting to see you guys' passionate thoughts about Halo and some of the other topics. Guys, are very lively. Thanks to the incredible panel, as always, for the amazing topics and thoughts. Um, and uh, I'm currently posting some game content coming next week. Uh, it's kind of inactive because my work at the studio. But if you want to keep up with my podcasting and some of my animation stuff, you guys can follow me on Twitter. It's at the VGHD. Uh, my YouTube channel is The Video Games HD. I podcast here every Thursday and every Friday on the Xbox Factor podcast with Fun Speculation, Lupa, Pong, Soul, and Caitlin. Great people. Yes, um, all of them. Great podcasters. A small upcoming show that everyone should subscribe to for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, um, yeah, thanks for checking out the show and be sure to show your support for the xbox factor podcast liking on the way out boom works incredibly hard on these shows and it's only growing in quality with the video so you guys don't want to miss out thanks brother definitely appreciate it. and folks listen i want to thank these super chats and quite frankly there was a shit ton of them today thank you so much for the generosity of course mrs boomstick and i do 
recycle that money into the program. Obviously, new computer, new programs, new uh, new new artwork studios to make better thumbnails, and of course prizes that we're going to be looking to outdo ourselves somehow uh, that we did that we did, were able to do in 2020 because of course we wanted to give back to the people that were uh you know so generous throughout the entire 2020 campaign but uh i want to say thank you again for the chat you guys and gals come here each and every week you support this uh very small channel and listen 10k here we come folks we are just under a couple of thousand. I mean, uh, we're at seventy four hundred now. We need we, we, we need six hundred for ten k, and um, oh, I know six hundred of uh, twenty twenty six hundred for for ten k, and hopefully we will hit that by the end of twenty twenty one. If you're new, of course, I want to say thank you so much for checking out the program. Consider subscribing to Double Barrel Gaming, and uh, folks, listen again. Thank you so much for taking the time to support this channel. We certainly appreciate it. And we're glad that you are here enjoying the Xbox Factor podcast. And I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my father taught us when we were kids. And he used to say, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you. You're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Oh.